Hello and welcome back to Upstage the Podcast, your regular dose of theatre news and reviews. I'm Rachel. And I'm Abby. This week our main topic is going to be movies to musicals, so stage adaptations of films. We're going to discuss the good and the bad and just our general thoughts on how prevalent this is and why that might be. First though, as always, theatre news... And very on theme for this week, there's been news about Moulin Rouge the musical. A very exciting casting announcement. This is opening in Boston. It's the sort of pre-Broadway out-of-town run of the show. And it will be starring Aaron Tveit and Karen Olivo. So that is, I mean, they're both incredible. Yes. And isn't there someone else good in the cast, like Danny Burstein or something? I mean, probably, but I stopped reading after those two, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, it's Danny Burstein. Danny Burstein's going to play Harold Zidler. Just excellent casting. Fantastic casting. I mean, the, the two of them. I mean, Moulin Rouge is one of my favourite films of all time. Same. Can you imagine a recording of the two of them singing The Elephant oh. Love? Oh, and you know that that's going to, you know, they'll put in probably an extra couple of songs in for the stage show and at least. Yeah. And oh, I just hope that they're as good as the, the movie, music. And I don't, you know, will they do the same thing of just taking... I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I think they're going to take popular music and put it in the show but I'm sure they'll write some original songs I think yeah, I don't know I'm hoping they do another medley just because they know that the Elephant Love medley is like so good the big one yeah so you don't know Aaron Tveit we talked about a few weeks ago in our favourite male performers episode Karen Levo was in the original cast of In the Heights on Broadway she's also very recently been Angelica in the Chicago production of Hamilton she's a fantastic dancer she was also Anita in West Side Story when it was on Broadway a few years ago so she's like really really perfect for this role got such a gorgeous voice yes she was so good as Angelica I've seen a few videos and just so good such a good actress so exciting more news is that Jesus Christ Superstar following on from the broadcast on NBC, is launching a US national tour. So if you enjoyed the broadcast and want to see that at a theatre near you, if you live in the US, you may be able to do that. Keep an eye out. So theatre news in the UK. The cast has been announced for the UK premiere of Andrew Lipper's A Little Princess, which is going to be at the Royal Festival Hall on May 28th. So it's sort of semi-stage concert productions. So Little Princess is based on the book. It's been around as a show for, I feel like, 15, 20 years. But this is the first time in the UK it's going to be staged. And it will star Amanda Abington from Sherlock and I'm sure many other things, but mainly Sherlock. And Danny Mac just from being Danny Mac. Danny the Mac. From having a face. From Strictly Come Dancing. Yeah. And he's, what show, he's been doing a musical since then, right? And I cannot think what it is. Sunset Boulevard. Oh yeah. He was meant to be good in that. And he was in On the Town, Regent's Uh, Park, open air. So he's done theatre and I'm sure will be decent. I'm sure. Yeah, he does do things, theatre things, many of them. So that is coming up soon. Our final piece of theatre news, it's not really theatre news, it's more Glee cast news, but they have both been on Broadway, and it's that Darren Chris and Leah Michelle are doing a US... US again? Why US only? Why you got hurt like this? A US only tour. Would I want to go to a tour where Leah Michelle's singing her own music? I... I mean, I'd probably go, because I don't think they... I think it'll be largely them doing, like, their Glee numbers and some Broadway numbers. Yeah, so they said that they're both going to do their original music. Darren Chris's music is, is nice. Leah Michelle's, to be honest, the only songs I've listened to have been painfully dull. But then they'll be doing some songs they did in Glee and some just sort of Broadway songs that they... If they don't do Suddenly Seymour, I don't want to know. 
I mean, they will definitely do Suddenly Seymour. That is so good. They version of that. I bet they'll do something West Side Story as well. Yeah, they'll do Tonight or something. They'll have a great time. I'm sure they will. Good for them. So there's a little bit of not theatre-y theatre news for you. This is Abby from the future here. I'm just editing the podcast and I wanted to add in an extra bit of news because it's particularly relevant to what this week's podcast is about. And that is that it's just been announced that Heather's the Musical is going to do a six-week run at The Other Palace this summer starring Carrie Hope Fletcher. So this is the first time that this musical has been properly staged in the UK and it's very exciting. On to the main topic of conversation, films being turned into stage shows just like Heather's. So now we're going to talk about screen to stage adaptations. So basically how much of musical theatre is based on films these days. So out of the 41 theatres on Broadway, nine of them at the moment have a musical that's based on a film and seven out of 38 of the West End theatres do. So that's about a fifth to a quarter. That's a, a lot. It is a lot. Um, Some of these are shows like Lion King or Frozen or School of Rock that are using songs from the original films. Yeah. But some of them just aren't. (laughs) Some of them just are not. Just just are are not that. Um, The reason we're talking about this this week is because Mean Girls has just opened on Broadway, which people seem to have enjoyed. A little trailer came out this week as well, so we'll tweet that out or something. Tina Fey is really involved so it's meant to be really funny I'm sure it'd be great and obviously Frozen has recently opened on Broadway and Pretty Woman is coming up in a couple of months and Moulin Rouge is coming up and Moulin Rouge is coming up it's it's very movie to musical heavy and in the West End obviously Strictly Borum is in previews at the moment and Young Frankenstein did really well in terms of nominations at the Olivier's and obviously we've got School of Rock 42nd Street Aladdin Lion King Kinky Boots there's just, there's a lot. There was a whole lot. So I guess we're going to talk about some musicals based on films that we really enjoy. Some that we've seen that just haven't quite mm-hmm. worked. But also just why is this happening? Why are there not original stories? Let's start with stage adaptations of movies that we thought were done really, really well. So yeah. one of my favourites of all time is Billy Elliot the Musical, which was a... Stephen Daldry film, which came out in, I want to say, the early 2000s, based on the age of Jamie Bell in it. It was, because I remember we had the VHS of it, and I watched it before I was 15, even though I was a 15. Yeah. I, it might have been the first 15 I saw, and I saw 8 Mile in the cinema, so I feel like it might have come out around 2001. Why is it 15? Oh, for language, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, 2001 seems about right. Excellent film, I would say. One of my favourite films as well. It's such a great film. And then, obviously, the stage production of it, also directed by Stephen Daldry, music and lyrics by Elton John. When it first opened over here, it was really quite... It was everywhere. Elton John was, like, in a lot of places promoting it, did a lot of... has done a lot of performances of electricity over the years. And it Um, had a really good run on the West End as well. It was open for over ten years on the West End. Not bad. Not bad at all. I think I prefer it to the film. I mean, I saw it... I lost track of how many times. I think I've seen it about 15 times. Because you could get really cheap tickets for OD, and like, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? But it's just, I think, obviously, because the kids, the, ch- the like, the child cast are so so talented, and I think seeing that in real life is more impactful than seeing it on screen. I think because you see exactly like for two and a half hours, the kid who plays Billy is almost never off the stage, dancing and singing and acting, and like 
you know, like, it, like it's a really emotional show. Like, he has to go through, he goes through a lot. And I just think it's very impressive. And I think that the, the music and the lyrics, while they're not necessarily like, like we were talking about a few weeks ago, they're quite poppy in places because Elton John wrote them. I think that they fit really well with, like, the style of the show. So, like, it's quite a stripped-back set. It's not glitz and glass. There's, like, there's not a lot of, like, fancy costumes and, like, flashing lights, you know what I mean? It's quite a simplistic yeah. show. I think the music and the lyrics kind of fit well with that. Even, like, the ballet numbers. There's a lot of... There's a really great number called Solidarity, which, like, contrasts directly the ballet lesson with the miners on strike. It's so good. I think that's my favourite song from that show. Yeah, I think it's probably mine too, just because the way it's staged is just... Yeah, I think the, the whole point about the songs from Billy Elliot Musical that you, like, you wouldn't, like, wear out the cast recording because of the harmonies, do you know what I mean? But on stage, it's just so powerful. Yeah, I agree. And I think it really captures the same spirit as the film. I think that yeah. kind of is what makes this show one that works really well, is that even though the idea of striking miners just singing a song about Thatcher or whatever it seems ridiculous but the way it's done the way it's staged and the kind of the bare staging of it you're right the kind of stripped back it's kind of quite grey visually in the same way that the film is there's something that it really carries over really well and so you just kind of you're right in there but it also is in that it's a show about a kid wanting to perform it naturally works really well the scene of him and like kind of big billy dancing that sort of kind of dream it it's all about this kid's dream to get out so it works well on a stage yeah Yeah, it works very well on a stage and then it's it also has you know its own humor and its own the the curtain call i think the best curtain call i've ever seen on the west end it's like a 10 minute tap number where everybody gets to be happy i'm hopeful that one day it will come back to the west end but as, as we get further away from the minor strike i guess it kind of loses its relevance a little bit i feel like it's the sort of show that might in kind of 20, 30 years. You know, because there's stuff like Les Mis. Yeah. No one remembers what Les Mis is. Everyone always thinks it's a wrong revolution. That's you true. Know? Do you know what, Abby? Even I don't really know which revolution it was. I just know it's not the main yeah, one. Storm the Bastille. It's not the one you think it is. No, it's not. <laughs> is my knowledge on Les Mis. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to read the book once, but that is long. I've got the book and I've always thought I will read that at some point, but like it's in two parts. It's so long that the version that I've got is split yeah. into two. Like that is so, so weighty. Yeah. Another film to musical adaptation that we really loved was Groundhog Day, which was on at the Old Vic in 2016 and then did a Broadway run last year. And hopefully, fingers crossed, is coming back to London slash a UK tour at some point soon. There are rumours. There are rumours. So this was written by Tim Minchin, who also wrote Matilda, and it's obviously based on the Bill Murray film of the same name from the 90s, I want to say. Was it the 90s? Yeah. yeah. And I just thought, for a show that you wouldn't... like, it's, a, it's quite a concept, and like to think about how it would transfer to the stage, you would yeah. like, how is it not just how will that possibly work, but the way that they do it, and what I would call the stage magic of it, is absolutely like unparalleled, I think. There are genuinely, there's just things that I don't know how they did. Like, if you see Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, you're like, that's cool, but I know where, like, he didn't just disappear. Like, I know, I can see the hole that he went through. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In Groundhog Day, I was like, literally, where has that man just gone? Though I swear there's a bit where he was like, because obviously I feel like everyone knows what Groundhog Day is, but he just can't get out of the loop of living the same day over and over again. So there's a lot of montage stuff at some points in the show, because obviously they want to show time as passing, but without the audience feeling like they're living through the same thing. So there was a bit where he was, like, asleep or had just gone to bed, but then yeah. he was in the guy dressed as the groundhog. 
Like there's a, like a giant huge groundhog. Oh groundhog. my god, I must have missed that. I thought you were gonna say in that song where he's like the other side of the stage and you're watching him and then like a split seconds later he gets out of the bed again and it's like yes. no but you were just you were just over there yeah, and that was I saw your I saw face and now you're here and you're wearing so different clothes incredible it was so good amazing like the staging the everything and the music is lovely it's beautiful Matilda's really clever and like lyrically intricate but Groundhog Day I just think is is really sweet and really nice. sweet and the lyrics I mean the song that his love interest sings which is the act one finale it's, it's so many words in that song like I've tried to learn the words to sing along so many times it's like there are just too many I can't do it the song with the drunk guys in the bar is yeah. hilarious that was also Sorry. really wonderfully staged how they do the car chase yes which is really cool. So yeah. obviously there's a big car chase and the, the way they do it is they like black out the stage and then they have like some kind of, it, it's like a, you're watching it from above but it's like a really miniature version of the car. So funny. Yeah, it's really, really good. And I feel like maybe the reason that that show works really well is because you already have to suspend disbelief yes. when you're watching the yeah. film. It's already an over-the-top story and kind of massive over-the-top ridiculous characters ridiculous story but at the heart of the film is this kind of really emotional plot of this man learning to be less of a dick great plot summary thank you and so i think that's what musicals do really well is really over the top but with a lot of heart yes and so that's what there's songs you know there's the song that is given to the character who's essentially like without wanting to use this word but the town slut basically yeah and she gets a really lovely kind of soliloquy song it just gives a bit of depth to these to the the town's folk and it's yeah i just think it's it's done really really well so i hope it does come back and has like a, a good west end run because it didn't get the credit it deserved on broadway i fully agree yeah and um, if it does come back i would love it to come back with andy carl as phil connors because he was just exceptional he was so good. He's such a leading man and he deserves a show like this that is all about him, I think. Yeah, and the comedy and, like, it, I think yeah. it's actually quite so tough funny. to pull it off, really. Yeah. And for all the quick change, all the stuff that looks like magic, he must have been running around backstage, like, yeah. crazy. And he wasn't, yeah. you know, you couldn't tell. You couldn't Not tell. a bead of sweat. A right. very a very athletic man. Yeah. Good Excellent. dancer. Very charming. Yeah. Just yeah. top notch. Thumbs up. Should we talk about a thumbs down? Yeah. Who wants to introduce this one? Go on, you do it. I bought you tickets for this for your birthday, so I feel like you've got the honour. To be honest, I will say it was an excellent birthday present. (laughs) For this being an awful show, we did have a fun evening. We really did. We had a great time. So a movie to musical adaptation that didn't work so well, in our opinion, is Bend It Like Beckham. Yes. Now this was on... For a surprisingly long run, actually, in my opinion. It did about a year, right? I think so. At the Phoenix Theatre. It's obviously Bendit Like Beckham was a film in the early 2000s. Such a great film. But the stage musical version, less good. So music was by Howard Goodall, apparently. And book by Gorinda Chadda and Paul Maida Burgess. I don't know. I don't know who these people are. Now, I can see why they made it. Can you? Conceptually. Talk to me about why you think they made it out because I don't see why they made it. I think what they were thinking is you've got Bollywood music, which is super fun and super good, right? That's true. That is true. And then you've got this sort of London vibe and that could be cool and, you know, maybe like tap into the, the youth. And maybe a sort of in the heights, but for East London, you know? 
I agree, but I think that we could have hinged all those things around something that wasn't football. You know what, you're right, because what really didn't work in so many ways, like, let's look beyond the fact that the music was pretty awful. Questionable at best. Yeah. The football... They just it's it's like they kind of couldn't be bothered to think about how to stage yeah. football. Well for a fact so none they... of none of the cast could play football. Except <laughs> except for one actress who they'd got from a professional ladies' football club who one didn't say a word. She was a footballer and it really made you appreciate the craft of acting. It really did, yeah. Because she looked so awkward on stage, like she was so tense. The whole time. Never relaxed. And she was no. so obviously like looking for her mark. Yeah. <laughs> At all moments, she's like, and now I stand here. And you're just like, no. And I look in this direction in a shocked way. Yeah, it was, oh, such a bad decision. And also, like, just physically, clearly female footballers are quite tall. A foot taller than the rest of the cast. Yeah, she looked so out of place. God bless her, she was doing her best. But she just did some sort of keepy-uppies, but she was the only one allowed to control, you know, play with a football because obviously a ball can easily roll off stage into the audience. They didn't think that through. So she was the only one really to kick a ball at any point. Apart from that, they used a circle of light. Not even particularly clever lighting. Literally just like a a tiny follow spot as a fake ball. But at the end of Act 1, which was just... It's where she... I think... I can't remember. Does she take a penalty? Is it where the important... I don't really know. But basically the point is, she the ball is on the stage and she runs towards it and it looks like she's about to kick it out into the audience, but obviously that would be too much fun. So the lights, as she's about to kick, the lights just go out, but the back lights aren't quite strong enough so you can yes. see them all just walk off the stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It was just... And to be fair, like the cast, like Priya Kalidas and Natalie Jew and Lauren Samuels, they did their very, very best. Their they best. did their best. I thought Natalie Jew was so endearing. You know, I really... Yeah. If the music had been good, maybe I could have overlooked the football because I, I really warmed her and you want her to succeed. You want her to get everything that she wants in her life. But it yeah. just... Mm, it, it, you just... It wasn't... No, it was not. It didn't work. And I think it didn't, it really didn't capture the feel of the film. Because I feel like if we're looking at the sort of in the heights comparison as to what it could have been if it was done right. And you're right, it definitely didn't need the football. It didn't need to be based on the film for this. But if what they were doing was, let's look at this really vibrant Asian community in it. They didn't really do as much. I thought they would do more with kind of Bollywood style music. They really didn't. The few Bollywood numbers there were, were by far the best parts of the show. Yeah. It just didn't feel, none of it felt big enough or expensive enough, do you know what I mean? Is that a weird word to use? No, I think you're right. It really felt like they hadn't put much thought into it and, like, they were really relying on the name of the show being what got people in. It weirdly did get some good reviews. How, Abby? I'm not sure what they were watching. Mm. When we went to see it, it was pretty empty. Our seats were very upgraded. Oh, I bought I bought tickets for the very back row of the theatre yeah. because I'm a good friend and that's what I do with birthday oh. presents. <laughs> you, you paid what the show deserved. I paid more than the show deserved. I think you're yeah. fine. Um, and we we were upgraded to the middle of the stalls. And we were given free ice cream as well. We were given free ice cream. That was nice. Never happened that to me. Nice. I just, I feel like I should have more things to say as to why it didn't work. But the whole point, this is getting a bit bored than bending at Beckham now, but for me, the whole point of a movie to stage adaptation is that it sort of brings to life the magic of the film in a sort yeah. of live immersive environment and bend it like beckham just ugh, just did not it didn't do that at all it just like 
the way that you can sort of suspend disbelief for something like Groundhog Day, Bendit like Beckham shouldn't have had to require you to suspend any disbelief. They should have trained them to play football. Do you know what I mean? It's not that difficult. Yeah, if you're not going to bother to make the football aspect work, then there's no point in doing the show. And I didn't feel like they built up the relationship between Jess and Joe. I just kind of didn't care. Whereas in the film, you really care. There, I was like, well, maybe Joe should go out with Jules. I just don't know. And I don't care. And they made the, the female leads really... The female leads were really weak, I thought. There's like a song that Jess and Jules and both their mums sing. Do you remember yes. that? I, I remember it being yeah. quite boring. But they were on stage and I think it was meant to be a moment of female empowerment or something. But I was just like... Why are these sets not better? Yeah, it was like a kind of high school production. They had bedroom sets it's that like, looked exactly like that looked like, like someone had painted it. It looked like, you know, in High School Musical when they're painting that tree and it looks really shit. <laughs> it was like that, but a bedroom. That's exactly what it was like. It was like a high school production. And it doesn't like, it doesn't need to be like a fancy set. It just looked like a high school set, you know? And it looked like they hadn't put much thought into it. They're like, and this is a teenage girl's bedroom. And she right. likes football. Therefore, here's a single footballer poster. Yeah. And it didn't have the comedy of the film either. I just no. think it, it lost so much. You're exactly right that it needs the energy of the film. That's what a stage adaptation needs to get. And it just did mm. not get the energy oh, of the film. film. Might yeah. as well just watch the film. And in this case, you definitely should just watch the film. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of one, maybe... Look, it's decent. It's not Bended Like Beckham. But one, another one where maybe you should just watch the film because maybe it too much gets the energy of the film. I don't know. Is School of Rock. Yes, Now, I I say this having cried at the musical. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel cried. It was the best. But tell tell the people why you cried, Rachel. I cried because at the end, when they're doing their nice performance and their parents, they're not real-life parents, they're actor parents, they're sort of in the crowd watching and cheering when they had originally been like, well, we don't want this to happen. Like, our children are students and they should be studying. But they stand at the back of the stalls. They stand at the back of the stalls and they're, like, cheering and clapping. And I just got emotional thinking about how proud these kids' real-life parents must be. And I sobbed. (laughs) Oh, it was the best moment of the evening. But with that, I think that show really, really captures the film. Those children are crazy talented you have such a fun evening at the end you feel like you're in the crowd at the battle of the bands you you feel like you're there the bits that don't work are the couple of new songs they're really out of sync with the rest of the show everything that's not from the film yeah so you're generally it seems like you're just watching the film like it might as well have been jack black on that stage they cast so close to him and they seem to still be doing that so it's like i had a great evening but also equally you already own the film and it would have been a lot cheaper. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just slip the DVD in and have a similar night hit. I don't know, so that's a tricky one of, like, what is it that's... It's got to go above and beyond the film. Yeah. Because I feel like Once, for example, Once is really similar to the film, but there's something about the intimacy of it that makes you feel like yeah. you're so in it, you know, yeah, from the moment it starts. Yeah, the fact that in Once the orchestra is played, well, the actors play the instruments so there is no orchestra it's just the actors on stage playing the instruments and it just really and now the fact that one of the things i loved about once is the little pre-show that they do and they don't have like a a start like there's no curtain up do you know what i mean it just kind of they start playing music on the stage about 10 minutes yeah. before the show starts and then it just feeds into the first song so it's very sort of it draws yeah, you right in kind of... definitely for, and we, when i saw once and when we saw once together we were again right at the back yeah. because we don't have a lot of money and we're cheap 
but you felt even from there you felt like you're in this kind of random irish pub just and they did they have a bar on stage so people in the stalls can go up and get drinks before the show on stage it feels small you feel in that world completely it has to draw you in yeah obviously there's a reason that the theater is so popular there's something that a stage show can do that a film can't and that's make you feel like you're really there and you know like you're really part of the action in a different way in a kind of more I feel like quite often it's a a more kind of physically emotional way like I trust me I get emotional watching films and tv shows and stuff like embarrassingly but there's something really kind of visceral when you're in the same room as those people and Mm. kind of I don't know no I fully agree I mean, there's a whole load of other movie to musical things that we can talk about. But then part of me thinks with that visceral feeling, you can get that when you're seeing an original show. So why why are people not... Is it that people aren't having original ideas? Or is it just that people are giving money to a name because they know that at least if you have the name that people already know, you're halfway there with the marketing? I think so. I think that's why, like, Disney would never launch a new Disney musical before they'd gone through the film. You know? Yeah. I think, yeah, it's just because it's theatre is a risky business. And, you know, if you have fans of a thing already that are probably going to come and see the musical, then it feels safer to take that route than to launch something completely original and new, I guess. Yeah. Which is a shame because the original stuff is where the really good stuff is. I agree. And also, because you're right, with Bend It Like Beckham, it could have been so much better if they took that as inspiration and they said, well, let's take that, but let's take yeah. out the football thing because that's really not going to work on stage. And let's yeah. say that she just wants to... I suddenly can't think of anything, but maybe she wants to be in theatre and her family are like, no. You know, like, yeah. just do something more obvious. Yeah, I do think it's a shame. And that's not to say that I don't think Billy Elliot's great, Groundhog Day is great. You know, We obviously think Moulin Rouge is going to be fantastic. Yeah, but that's yeah, because Moulin Rouge is kind of a music. It is a musical anyway, so it's just it's a different kind of adaptation. Yeah, but even so, I don't. You know, it is. It's it's tricky, and I think there's things like Kinky Boots on West End and Broadway, and Waitress on Broadway, which are both shows that were adapted from films, but less well known films. But even they've done really well, and I wonder if even with that, there's a sort of core film thing or is there the, there's film money behind it i don't know how these things work but presumably you have to get the rights and then are they gonna put some money into it because kinky boots i think is bigger as a show than it was ever as a film oh absolutely but yeah i wonder if there's sort of film money behind it mm. i just think it's i think you know it's good to have popular long-running shows in the west Island on broadway but every show that is taken up by a theater with a movie adaptation is a theater that can't be used for something new and original and exciting or even a revival of a classic show yeah you know there's so many shows out there that are so great that you don't see on the west end you know and it's just like yeah yeah i don't know that's life isn't it there are no easy answers what we maybe we'll finish off by saying some other shows that are coming up so obviously Moulin Rouge is coming up and Pretty Woman which we've talked about in the past there's also just been news about Empire Records which I don't get why I enjoy that film but sure sure. no I don't really understand why either and also Back to the Future which will be a spectacle I'm sure oh yes and I'm sure the music will be great for both of those because I imagine they'll both have a sort of 80s really 80s-ish vibe music 80s early 90s but yeah i don't i mean maybe in a few years back to the future will be my favorite musical ever i mean it's possible 
It is possible. There's also a Heather's musical, which the kids love, which the music is great for. There was a sort of workshop in the other palace, but it's never been in the West End. It's never been on Broadway. It did a really successful LA run and then an off-Broadway run. And it's a really great show. I don't know why, actually, like, why hasn't that made it to Broadway? I don't know. It's a good point. This is basically, we don't know anything. We just like to talk about things. We just got opinions. We have opinions and we know that there's a hell of a lot of shows that are based on films. Who knows why? Who knows why? But some of them are good, so you should go see them. And maybe Mean Girls is good. People seem to enjoy it. Who knows? Not us. Not us. That is for damn sure. Yeah, what's your favourite musical that was a movie? Let us know. Tweet us at UpstagePod. Email us at UpstagePod at gmail.com. Rate and review with your favourite. <laughs> I don't know. Ball bulletin. Again, there's no Michael Ball news. No, but there has been a chess update. Murray Head is no longer going to be in chess. Murray Head's dropped out. He, he hates Michael Ball. They had a big yeah. bust up backstage, I'm sure. And he was like, I cannot work with that man. <laughs> in reality, it's because of personal reasons. So he's been replaced by Cedric Neal, who was recently in Motown Musical at the Shaftesbury Theatre. So... We will review that when we go and see it at the beginning of May. Who knows what yes. Michael Ball's been doing? Probably not much. Lazy. Any other business from you, Abby? Really not sure that I've done anything since we last recorded. No, I'm really not sure either. To be honest. Oh, I saw Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson film. Oh, yeah, is that good? Which I thought was really, really good. It was, I think, probably my favourite Wes Anderson. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. The dogs were just so good. And I've seen quite a few criticisms online about the sort of the Japanese influence and how it maybe wasn't the most sensitively done. I'm not going to weigh in on that because I don't know enough about it to sound smart. But I just, I, I thought it was good. I thought the dogs were great, basically. I just love dogs, you know? If the audio's been different this week, it's because we're not in the same place because I'm about to go on holiday for a few days. So sorry about that. We'll be back to our regularly scheduled recording at the same place from next week. Rachel needs some sun. <laughs> I need a bit of sun, a little bit of a little bit of a lie down. Thank you for listening, as always. Contact us in any of the usual places if you feel so inclined. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.